0: Hi, everyone. This is Grant, and we want to welcome you back to part two of a continuing conversation with Emily Jameson and her prayer partner, Becca Reniker. The first half of this conversation about listening to God was so powerful. So if you missed it, please go back and listen. You will not be disappointed. In part two, we dive into prayer, prayer languages, and their role in listening to God. Let's head back into the studio with Laurel, Emily, and Becca and pick up where we left off.
1: So getting really personal, Grant has had a prayer language for years and years and years, and he was very private about it. He didn't speak mm-hmm. much of it, but it was something that I was kind of jealous of because mm-hmm. I thought, I don't understand why something that is supposed to create intimacy with you, why why would you withhold it from me? And so I prayed so earnestly for this Prayer language. Like, I want this. I want everything. I want to know you. I want, like, every barrier to be, to be down, and, and so I want a prayer language. And eventually, just as we often do, I think I justified, well, I just don't really need it. It just really doesn't matter, and, you know, God speaks to me in other ways. Actually,
0: way. in a bad way, I, I think I contributed to that because I kept saying, you know, you're so intimate with Jesus already. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't need it. That was my nice tidy plaster
2: answer. Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't really know what else to say.
0: But
1: I had Thanks. a wonderful older gentleman who um listened just to the Holy Spirit and he tapped him on the shoulder and said, You need to you need to go talk to Grant and Laurel. And he showed up at our place and it was it was amazing because he he um sat down in our living room and said, So I know that Grant has a prayer language. And this is not from a conversation that we've had. But he said, I know that Grant has a prayer language. And Laurel, I know that you desire one. And we're going to talk through today how you can actually develop that and and receive that gift. And it was the most awkward um, conversation ever. (laughs) And I mean, talk about letting go, right? Because he said, you actually... You actually have to open your mouth, just like with faith, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you, you've got to walk for God to, to direct. And, and the same with, with the, with praying in, in your prayer language, you actually have yeah. to talk for the Holy Spirit to, to guide and direct you. So he, uh, he said, just start off, you know, just by saying, making sounds and just seeing, you know, so, and again, this was followed by prayer and everything, but I started off going, uh, ah, uh. Ah, and then I just went, la, 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 because I felt really awkward and yeah, silly yeah. in front of everybody. And the <laughs> truth is nothing happened. I didn't receive a prayer language that day, um, but he said, just keep praying into it and just keep being open to what God is going to do. And so I did. The, the following days I kept doing this, you know, kind of silly little start where I'm just, I I was just kind of making sounds and the the first day, nothing happened. The next day, nothing happened. The next day, again, waiting, nothing. The day after that, I did the same thing. And it was honestly like 51 years of pent up, whatever, just came rushing out. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was beautiful. And it has been amazing for me ever mm-hmm. since. I, I had to be silly. I kind of had to be silly and just, you know, let God do with me whatever he wanted to do with me. But that has been a huge, a huge change. Um, just even in understanding God's word, I if I'm confused by what the Bible is saying, I will just spend time in my prayer language. And it just feels like when I read those words again, there's a whole new revelation. There is when I'm anxious and I, my heart won't be still, even though I'm praying, Lord, calm me, just calm me. And it's, I feel like I I can't calm myself. I spend time in my prayer language. And so there is something so powerful about that. But the interesting thing about all of that, here I am in my excitement that, yes, I have a prayer language and wanting to share it with people. And I realize that people are really comfortable talking about God, the Father and Jesus, the Son, not so much the Holy Spirit.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I still am kind of working through what to do with that because i'm I want this for everybody, but um I feel like sometimes when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, it makes people squirm and' very, very
0: uncomfortable very yeah quickly. and yeah. so
1: i I just am curious I'm not even sure if this is going to make it on the podcast <laughs> but but just because we have you in the room, I'm really curious about your experiences in this mm. with the Holy Spirit um just. You know, the difference actually allowing him. God, he's here for a reason, right? Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is here. He was going up into heaven and giving us the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit because we need that comforter. We need that friend. We need that accountability partner. And I feel like we have all of this at our fingertips and we mm-hmm. so little of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Well, for me, I've... I was sharing a little bit earlier today about this, but for me, it's been less of a journey of having an experience like you, Laurel, where it comes and it's seldom for me actually, but it's often always connected in worship. Mm. where I'll be in the middle of worship and whatever the lyrics are, all of a sudden I become, my spirit becomes aware where healing is about to take place. Mm. And like through the worship, next thing I know, I've had these moments of this, yeah, a prophetic utterance where I start praying something coming out of my mouth that it's like the Holy Spirit says, you don't know how to pray into healing for godliness, but I do and it's like this transition happens or i suddenly and i'm normally weepy and i yeah. and i feel him all over and it's so peaceful but i'm also going if anyone hears me right now i'm like you know it's totally a moment of just letting him go and of control but it's been less of an experience i guess in my journey of like being alone in my room and experiencing him, but it's often always connected in worship. And it's normally in moments when I don't know, like I'm speechless. You know, the scriptures say like he knows even in our groans, how to pray on behalf of us. It's like these things where we're just going, help me get from A to B. I don't know how to get there. And I need your, you to stand in the gap for me, which is who you are. That's who the spirit is. He's so excited to come on our behalf at times when we feel powerless or just not knowing a direction of how to move forward, but that's been the ways that I've experienced it. And it's definitely come. The first time it happened was in a congregation that no one believed in a prayer language and it starts happening and I can't, I'm trying to be quiet and cover my mouth and just going, no, you know, and it's like so exposing, you know, yeah. but I'm like, I know this is good, but I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just something to lean into and it feels risky. Um, but his tensions are always so good for us. Um, and he's really safe. So, um, but you know, Emma has a different journey that
2: you should share on. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll first say, cause this is, A really tenuous topic because I think the moment that you enter in and start talking about being on, there's literally almost a line of like the one side, gosh, I haven't received this gift on the other side, I have, and it feels like this exclusive club and there's a lot of different um, history around this in terms of denominations and people thinking the only way that we know you're saved is if you have the spirit of God by evidence of speaking in tongues. And it's done so much damage in the body of Christ to be the haves and the have nots quite literally. And, um, or like some spiritual status symbol or something like that. And I think it is so clear throughout scripture that, you know, father, son, and spirit, they show up in the proto evangelion in Genesis, you know, we have father, son, and spirit in that place. And then you see them all present at Jesus baptism. We actually don't ever see Jesus speaking in tongues. That's interesting to me. You know, I don't. That's not something that seems to be prominent in his ministry. It's not necessary, and I, I do believe that the Spirit speaks all languages. And when I know, I know that when I'm standing on a stage and the Holy Spirit redirects me in a way, it's not in another language. It's in my language. It's in. There's a sense of the Spirit, and so I don't necessarily believe that. Um, that you need to have tongues to have the representation of the spirit in your life. The moment that you have put faith in Jesus, it says in scripture that it has been revealed to you, not by flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but by the spirit of God. Yeah, And so I think just the mere fact that you can say, I believe in Jesus, he's the son of the living God, he died, resurrected, you know, is, is, is for me you have the spirit of the living God taking up residence in you to give you the confidence and the boldness to be able to say such things that the world is absolutely against. Right. And so, so I think, um, first and foremost, like, I mean, even in first Corinthians, it talks about, you know, you can speak in the tongues of angels, but if you have not love, you are a clanging gong or symbol. So the goal at the end of the day is that we would have love. And yet there's this beautiful gift that God has offered to us by way of the spirit. And I think so, Romans 8 is interesting. Um, there are several different translations, but here it says, at times we don't even know how to pray. This is Romans eight twenty six, 26, um, a particular translation. At times we don't even know how to pray are the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf. That's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Pleading to God with emotional size too deep for words. God, the searcher of our heart, knows fully our longings, that he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before pleads before God for us, as holy ones in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. The spirit is constantly speaking on our behalf. We have a person that's taken up residence in us with feelings and emotions. You can grieve the spirit. We can sense the spirit. We're meant to have the spirit lead us. We're not meant to be led by our emotions, but to be led by the spirit. And so there's that sense of constantly surrendering my heart and mind. God, give me the, the mind of Christ. Give me the emotions of Christ. Help me feel how you feel. Help me see how you see. And then there's this beautiful gift of Tongues, we look at it, at Pentecost, right? Where all of a sudden here's all the all the men who are just like waiting, waiting, like their best friend is left, they're terrified. And then Pentecost breaks out. The Holy Spirit comes, tongues of fire like tongues of fire on their heads. I don't even know. And they start speaking in all these different languages. And the purpose of the Spirit is to make the revelation of God known to people that are speaking in all different languages. It's actually very practical. And everyone there thinks they're drunk. You know, they're like, it's not, we're all it's like yeah. nine in the morning. We're not drunk. <laughs> what the heck? Um, and even still now, there's this gift of the spirit. So um, my parents have this beautiful story where they actually met the Lord. My uncle, who's now a pastor, led them to Jesus. They were young, wild, living together. I don't even know all the things, but um, but they met the Lord. They went to a Baptist church in Seattle and they were baptized one Friday night, come up out of the water. That church believed that the the baptism of the spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues was the way to go. Both of them came up. I did not know the story till I was about 15. My dad comes to my room one night. We were having a lot of strife in our home, in fact, and I was just like, oh, I was questioning. I was frustrated. My dad said, let me Tell you a story, and he told me his faith journey. And he gets through the whole thing. He tells me this whole story, and all I can say is, "Wait, what? You speak in tongues?" Like I am fifteen years old and I don't know this. It was a very private. He was taught that this is a yes. private thing, yeah. and it really is clear in Scripture that this is a personal prayer language. It's a way that we can be intimate and talk with the Father and trust that the Spirit. We're giving voice to the to the Spirit of God, who prays in a way that we can't even understand. There is this beautiful thing, and so I remember at fifteen, I am like, "I want that." So for twenty years. I prayed for that. I so wanted more intimacy with God. There'd be nights that I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would, I would just want to worship. And I felt like I was constipated in the spirit. You know, it was like, <laughs> I oh, like I don't even know how to express my like adoration and desire and hope and like I want more. There's more. And there'd be these moments that would that would cause me to pray, like, God, give me this other thing. Like, there's gotta be more. There's gotta be something more I can do or say to express like how I Feel about you, how you are so amazing. Like words do not do this justice. And so, yes, it was like a twenty-year journey. Every so often, probably a couple times a year, there'd be moments I was overcome to tears. Like God, I just want this gift. I don't know how. And it was probably five years ago that I was um, sitting with my counselor, an amazing woman. I'd met with her for a couple years. I really do believe that counseling is a beautiful thing. I think if you experience anxiety, I don't. I mean, I think the Lord can use beautiful means to help us to get to places of health. So I know we said earlier, like I can say, I am not anxious, but I struggle with anxiety. I have dear friends that are on anxiety medication to help balance in the same way that you have, if you have high blood pressure, you take blood pressure medication. Like there's certain things that help our physical bodies level out so that we can experience rightly the things that God has for us in this world. Right. Absolutely fine. So I just, as an aside, anyway, meeting with my counselor. She's phenomenal. She's sort of spiritual director, counselor, professor, brilliant. It's the last time we're meeting together before I'm about to move. And she looks at me and she said, Emily, this is our final time to meet. What do you want? And out of nowhere, these tears start coming out of my eyes. And I was like, I want to speak in tongues. And she was kind like, of blown away. Like, what? Like, if I was, it surprised me. And yeah. she's like, oh, well, of course, let's do that. And I was like, I'm sorry, What? You know, I've never, I had a pastor pray over me when I was in middle school because I actually went to a four square church. And I remember this guy with a mullet, you know, probably a ministry called like, you know, rocket fuel or something. I don't know. I don't even remember. But he prayed over me in like some sort of babbling thing. And I sat there and I waited for something to fly out of my mouth and nothing happened. You know, I'd prayed all these different times and like you had just been resolved. Like, well, I have what I need. I have the spirit. I know that Mm -hmm. the spirit is present with me. I sense the Lord. I just knew that there was something more that I, I just wanted more so all that to say is tell her that and she said okay here's the deal and she tells me her story which is wild I'll leave that for another day but she looks at me and she says here's the deal everyone that has a spirit everyone that can can claim the name of Jesus puts their faith in him has the spirit of God and the spirit's constantly interceding on your behalf and to speak in tongues everyone actually has a prayer language whether they know it or not it's in them they may or may not hear it they may not express it but you have to know that the spirit is praying on your behalf all the time Oh, and so that. to have a prayer language is just to give that voice utterance. That's all it is. But here's the deal. It has to bypass your carnal mind. So I call my uncle right after this, and he starts explaining to me, Romans 8 says, the, this, the carnal mind, the mind of flesh, it does not understand the things of God. In fact, it cannot so my mind is really good for things like following recipes and doing, you know, math homework with my kids and all this stuff. My, my mind is incredible. God has given us amazing minds. But then we have the mind of Christ, which is beyond. It's beyond what we can imagine. It's beyond what we can carnally understand. That is the realm of the spirit. In fact, Caroline Leaf, who's in, an incredible brain scientist, actually hooked up a, bu- a bunch of people that were praying in the spirit to sort of different nodes. And she was trying to figure out where in the brain lights up when someone's in the spirit. It's actually the dream center of the brain. It's not a conscious place. It's a seven- it's, it's the place where we actually reconcile what's conscious and subconscious. It's this, it's this place that actually goes subterranean to what we actually fully understand with our carnal minds. It is a wild thing. And so I just love the way that God created our bodies and our minds. And so, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So um, that being said, so she said, so I'm going to pray over you and I'm going to part. Like I just want you to know that it's already in you. Let's just see if you can give it utterance. And so she sends me up the hill she said I'm going to have you go in your car and you're just going to start making sounds like a baby would make sounds and you're going to feel like an idiot. And you're just going to go ba 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 da 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 ba ba and 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 your brain is going to start telling you you're stupid, you should stop. This is dumb. The flesh, right? The flesh is going to start telling you this is not a thing. You're going to feel self-conscious, you're going to feel stupid. You're going to be by yourself and you're going to hear all these voices. You keep going. You press past what until the carnal, and you're like, nope, I am not listening to you. You are surrendering to the spirit, and there's something beyond. And it's not that our mind is not good, but it's really useful for some things and not others. In the same way that I can't watch TV through a radio, like it's just it's good for some things <laughs> but not others. <laughs> and so I sat there, and I'm literally sitting on this hilltop, bada, ba 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 da da ba da da, and all of a sudden it's like and this word starts coming out, and it went beyond me making sounds to different words literally coming out of my mouth and all I was doing was opening my mouth and this language that sounded like Russian began to flow out of my mouth and I was like oh my gosh it was like a floodgate had opened I didn't love God anymore. I was no more righteous. I'd actually had a terrible day and yelled at my children. It was not like I was this holy, glorious person that was yeah. in the depths of worship. I just wanted more of God and was desperate. Yeah. And I started making some sounds and it just gave utterance to what the spirit has always been doing in the depths of my spirit. And it was wild. And so I started praying in this language and I, I called my uncle and I was like, I have to tell you this because he's the one who really led me to a love of the scriptures and led my parents to the Lord. And so he's kind of training me on this, helping me understand this is a private language. This is not something to be flaunted. It's just a way that the Lord speaks. Even in first Corinthians, it talks about how people have many, many different gifts. And some of them, you know, some have interpretation, some speak in tongues, some have healing. Like we have this beautiful body and we all have these different things and to celebrate them all. But this is a way that you will get to experience intimacy with God. Well, a couple of weeks later, I'm like, Lord, wouldn't it be cool if like one day I'm in Russia and you give me an opportunity, kind of like the disciples or the apostles to like start speaking and people would understand what I'm saying like how awesome would that be that I'd be able to proclaim in the most pure way because I wouldn't know what I'm saying like what you want people to hear that would be so I'm just sort of imagining with God
1: so you could actually identify that your prayer language was Russian. I don't know;
2: it just sounded Eastern European. Okay. I will just say that much. At this point, it just sounds Eastern European. I tried to look up some words that I would hear come out all the time because I could <laughs> yeah. hear what I was saying, but I didn't oh, understand I did what same I was saying. Thing. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what this is, but it sounds Eastern European, so I have no idea. So yeah. I just am imagining, like maybe I'm somewhere in Eastern Europe. And um, that being said, so it's a couple weeks later, and a dear friend of mine, Eddie, invited me to come to a training that he was doing with a whole bunch of high school students, and he was teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, and they were just doing some experiments and kind of figuring out like, who has what gift? How can we cultivate these things? Let's have a baptism. I mean, this is all scriptural. What's wild about this is the body of Christ. We have room in our theology for these things. We don't have room in our experience. Right. And so I think a lot of people would say, yeah, I read it here. I see that that happens, but because I haven't experienced it, it probably doesn't, or it probably can't in the same way that we think about hearing God's voice. Like, yes, he speaks, but I haven't experienced it. So there's no room for it for us. And so we need to hear each other's testimonies, each other's stories, because it was for me, it was me hearing other people talking about it that felt really normal to me. That I was like, oh wait, you can? Well then maybe too. And so anyway, so I'm I'm at this training and and Eddie's just inviting people, in a, and, and they must be coming from backgrounds or denominations where they talk about a lot of these things, because I've never been in a room with someone that's like, oh, yeah, I have the gift of interpretation. Like, who says that? I don't know. And so I'm in this room, and he says, hey, does anyone have the gift of interpretation? And this sweet 17-year-old girl walks up and just sits down just like, oh, I do. And I'm like, how does she know that? You know, I'm like, I'm the one that's like 30 years older than you guys. Like, how, what is happening? Sometimes it's just unfair, but that's fine. And so she gets up, and he says, does anyone want to speak? You know, does anyone have the gift of tongues, and you want to come up, and, and she'll interpret for you because that's the one time in scripture it says if you're going to speak in a public place make sure there's an interpreter so that there's not chaos whatever so a a young man gets up and he starts to speak in his prayer language and she interprets it and he cries and he's like convicted of something beautiful that he's like oh my gosh the lord's bringing me to freedom in this place and glorious so he sits down and then Eddie says anyone else and i find myself standing to my feet and i'm like i'm the guest in this place i am i mean it's all these 18 year olds And then me in the back. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is not for me. But for some reason, I find myself walking to the front. Again, this is like three, four weeks into actually discovering this. And so I kind of like, out my head and I close my eyes. I'm feeling a little nervous. And I just begin to pray. And this language comes out. And as I open my eyes and prayed for, I don't know, 30, 45 seconds, I open my eyes and I look at this young woman who's just tender as could be. And she's holding herself, just like hugging herself and just rocking back and forth and going, oh, it's so cozy. And there was, she goes, sometimes I get words of what the Lord is saying, but other times I just get a sense. And there's just this incredible peace and sort of invitation. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to curl up in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I look up, I'm about to leave the stage, and we look to the back of the room, and there's another man who Eddie has also invited to come that day to listen. And he's a man that happens to come from an Orthodox home. And he had been dabbling in some things of the spirit and his parents were like, no, they're cessationists. Do not dabble in that. We're basically saying you need to leave everything that you're experimenting with. And this was what I learned later was a bit of a last ditch effort just to learn a little bit because he was so curious and wanted more of God. Mm-hmm. And so he had showed up that day to witness and both of us are, you know, years older than these high school students. And he's standing in the back with his hand raised and his eyes wide open. And he's like, yeah, do, what, do you have something to say? Like, do you know what she said? And he goes, Yes. And he goes, oh, you mean like you could interpret it? And he goes, no, I know what she said. It's my native tongue. It's in Russian. Oh. And we all, like everyone just, I, my jaw dropped I'm looking. My heart stopped I me. Mean, he goes, you said to me, and he's talking about the spirit, like he said to me, come to me quickly and release all control. And what I found out weeks later, we had a conversation after he told me his story and what that did in his spirit, that young man ended up leaving his job and joining full-time ministry months later and is like walking with the Lord and has his own journey and experiences. But it was just this amazing invitation from the Lord. And I was blown away. I've not had an experience like that since. I wonder if I ever will. For the most part, it's just um, something that I get to experience with the Lord and I will pray over little babies. And I've, just last week I got to pray over my sweet niece. She had, she's three months old and had an earache and was like not stopping screaming. And I tucked away with her and began to pray over her, just trusting that the Lord knew how to speak to her. And she got quiet and her fever broke. And the next day she went to the doctor and the earache was gone. Mm -hmm. And I can only trust that the spirit of God healed her. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not because I have a prayer language. That's just because God is good and he loves to heal. And that was just what I happened to have to offer in that moment. So whether it's, english or a touch or a hug or a word of knowledge whatever it might be i think ultimately the goal is that people would know that they are loved and seen well and i think just be
1: sensitive to if there's that hunger in you keep seeking after it i mean for me you know exactly like you said we have we're we have the Holy Spirit. This, I mean, it's the Trinity, right? We don't just ask Jesus into our heart. It's yeah. God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. When you know we yeah. we accept Him, so we already get the full package from the beginning. But yeah. I think He does. He puts that hunger inside of you yes, for different things because for me, this has been a really big life changing experience. He knows what we need mm-hmm. in our lives, yeah. and so. Exactly. Just seek after it, trust him and trust how he's going to use it for sure. But thank you both for just sharing so personally and vulnerably. And, um, I just, yeah, I love your hearts and I, I know this will, this will be an incredible message for so many people Mm -hmm. listening.
0: Yeah. I want to say thank you just for what you've deposited Mm -hmm. in our community. It's so People that know me, I'm emotional. That's the way. (laughs) But what you have deposited and how you've continued the conversation with us, we're so excited. And the fact that you do this in partnership. Mm -hmm. So, Becca, thank you for all of the prayers that you've uttered, not only for our family, Mm -hmm. but for Emily as she's up speaking. Emily, thank you for using your gift. Thank you for using both of your gifts Mm -hmm. to make our community Mm -hmm. richer. And, you know, as we always said, everything's an invitation with God. I'm inviting you into another conversation. So if any part of this, you know, created any fear, that's a great opportunity to turn towards him and not away. So we're just so unbelievably grateful. Thank you for being a part of mm-hmm. our family. Thank you for spending this time with us. And we so look forward to continuing the conversation.
2: Indeed. It's a gift to be here. Love yes. It,
3: guys. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you for hosting us.
0: <laughs> Thanks again for joining us on this episode of Continuing the Conversation. This podcast is produced by Christ the King Community Church. For more info about CTK or message content from Pastor Grant, please visit ctk.church. Join us again next time as we continue the conversation with Grant and Oral Fishbook.